This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This Rules take a cue from the old-school games of yore and combine them with a stripped-down but easy-to-understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from super-powered menaces, the Survive This System is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Kind of a kind of an overcast day today for a Saturday. Well, what the heck, you know? That's what I'm recording Saturday. Yeah. Well, let's see. We had I had a good short game online last night with my buddies over in Long Island. Thank you, Jason. And we just kind of mopped up the place a bit. Uh, we ended up facing frog people with a ballista. And so this is, the, I just feel like we're the maintenance crew for this dungeon because we keep killing, you know, we, we run into parties, we end up killing them, and then we have to clean up after them because somebody else comes down here and gives us a hassle because they took all the bodies that we killed the last time, set them on fire so we couldn't get through and put a ballista behind that. But after I managed to sleep most of them, we took care of it. And uh, it, was, it was a challenge. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. Okay, before we get into the meat of this, I do have a voicemail from Randy Nichols. And he wants to talk about my previous episode on blocking up the plot. So go ahead, Randy. Glenn, this is Randy Nichols. Um, I've tried to leave these messages before. They don't seem, maybe it's my phone, but I just uh, watching your podcast on being careful with the plot. thought you made a lot of good points. I'm not an old school player, but I do love listening to your podcast and Red Dice Diaries and Eric Tinkar's Tavern. But anyway, I think you got to consider one thing. You mentioned that players should not, uh, or DM should not try to block the players. And you said, I think if you let players have their freedom agency and they choose not to rescue the princess, something should probably happen because of that. Um, I don't think you're trying to say they should wait around so the plot doesn't, they don't get blocked from doing that adventure. It's they don't get blocked from making a choice when they make that choice. That's it. But keep the good work up. Uh, if you're interested, I do have a new podcast. My friend Joe and I run called biggest geekus. You'll find it on anchor and on Spotify and iTunes. Thanks, man. Bye. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. You are absolutely right. That is that you know things are going to happen. Actions have actions have consequences, and unfortunately, so does inaction. So whatever consequences happen, it depends on the actions of the player characters. 
And, you know, if the princess doesn't get rescued, they decide to go off and do something else. They can come back later. It's okay. We'll take care of that princess. Oh, I'm sorry. She was, she was killed by the bad guy or I'm so sorry. You guys weren't around. So this other party, they got all my gold and my, my goodwill because they went and rescued the princess for you. So it's going to happen. I mean, there's other groups around, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. So it isn't really, doesn't really affect the group as much as a missed opportunity. There are a lot of missed opportunities in the world, and that, and that was one of them. So you're right. But thanks for, thank you very much. And I'll check out your Biggest Geekest, your Biggest Geekest podcast. And I recommend everybody do so too. And thanks for calling in. Today I want to talk about stocking dungeons. I've been looking through things, some old, old stuff, like my old copy of Search of the Unknown and Keep on the Borderlands. And in Search of the Unknown, as you know, is the very first dungeon or D&D module. And it's pretty much a fill-in-the-blanks type of thing because they give you a dungeon and you have to stock it or change it around or however you want. It's, you know, like I said, it's kind of a, fill in the blank type thing. So I thought about that and it's like, you know, I think stocking dungeons can be fun and interesting, but it's also kind of a pain if you just want to run the dang thing. And I, and my ambivalent feelings towards dungeons as opposed to the whole adventure is another thing because I've always, in the back of my mind, I'm going, why is this here? Just for people to wander around and kill things and get treasure? I don't think so. So with that in mind, here's how to quick stock a small to medium-sized dungeon. Now, if you remember, in Search of the Unknown, the dungeon is a two-level affair. One is a straight man-made dungeon. The other one, the second level is kind of caves. So you get a little, you know, you get a taste of both. And I'm going to break this down into smaller chunks. First thing I do is, this works good for a five-room dungeon, too. If you don't follow the pattern of a drive room dungeon, you know, guardian, trick, da, 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 da. But taking your dungeon and, you know, mega dungeons, that's a whole separate thing right there. With a small to medium dungeon, say no less than five rooms, no more than, oh, I don't know, 12 to 15. So first thing you got to think about, and if it is a large dungeon, like a mega dungeon, you can break that down into to sections too. Think about the theme. And, you know, don't let that, you know, the first thing they say is, oh, think about the theme. First thing, that shouldn't scare you off, thinking about the theme for a dungeon. Because it doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have, every, every dungeon doesn't have to be the Temple of Ra or, or you know, that kind of thing, the, the elemental evil lord garoth or something like that it doesn't have to be that way a theme could be something like oh this used to be this now it's that or it's an abandoned mine that's a theme right there that's pretty much a very open-ended theme because anything can live any kind of critter can live in there but think about where the dungeon is what kind of things would you find in there that's the theme of the that's the basic theme of the dungeon but like I said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Just something to keep in mind. You know, all the tracks, trips, trips, <laughs> the tricks and traps and stuff like this, monsters aside, the tricks and traps and stuff can be themed to this or not. And there are other factors in there too. 
But anyway, we're trying to do this quickly, remember? Think about the theme. Okay, it's in the desert. Okay, it's in the forest. That's a theme. Okay, let's say it's in the desert. Okay, fine. There's the theme. Now, the next thing you do is you choose your monsters. Now, as far as monsters go, if you're doing a small dungeon like that, and you have, you think about the, the critters that are in the desert area. So you would you would have to deal with certain things like giant scorpions or something like that. But intelligent monsters, there could be orcs in there. There could be gnolls would work real good in this. Gnolls and lizard, believe it or not, lizard men are not just for swamps because there are lizards in the desert. So there could be the desert dwelling like iguana men or something like that. And if you're going to do semi-intelligent creatures or intelligent creatures, you know, humanoids, like orcs and stuff, if you want more, if you have, say, an, uh, a null party down there, you you can have a null party. You can have, you know, one one faction is fun. Two is better. I wouldn't give it more than two factions, two groups fighting each other, if you want to go that route. If not, think about the critters that are in that area. And, you know, comb through the monster. You know, just start picking. You can surely pick out three or four types of things. You could have carrion crawlers in there or things like that. Things that would naturally wander into an area like this. Like, I don't know, crocodiles. Giant crocodiles if there's an oasis nearby or something like that. Traps. If it's a smaller dungeon, like say five rooms or six... I would give it no more than two big traps or three smaller traps. When I say big and small, for instance, smaller traps, pits, spikes that spikes that come out of the walls or arrows that shoot. Those are small traps. The big traps are like a whole room with a ledge and a bottomless pit in the middle that you have to cross and there's ledges you can do that but there's also boards or something that go something spectacular maybe there's fire in there or something or oil or something like that maybe it's something the monsters if you have the intelligent monsters maybe it's something they set up i've seen a lot of them like this last one i did with the the frogmen and the ballista you know that's the kind of thing kobolds and stuff would pull or even orcs or goblins you know they they would they would trap their area to keep people out or if they are meat eaters and they like the taste of human flesh to trap people to bring them in and you and if it's got a really intelligent monster say a lamia or a vampire or something like that they may come up with something really really clever and that leads into tricks traps and puzzles because if it's a theme, if it's any kind of significant theme, like it's the uh, the palace of it's the temple of the death god, they would have tricks that would test the faith of their followers, or to try and lure for foolish mortals into their whatever. Okay, those are a little bit more advanced. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I would do more in a smaller dungeon. I do more no more than two two big traps or three small traps. Okay. Treasure. Figure out how much you want in there total. I mean total. 
Swords and Wizardry has a uh, was it Swords and Wizardry? Yeah, Swords and Wizardry has a great uh, it's a great system for determining how much treasure per level of dungeon, and you can do it that way too. So take the total amount of treasure and divide it by the rooms, the number of rooms you have. That gives you a rough estimate of what treasures and where. Then you can start moving them around. Maybe these monsters have more treasure over here, so this, this room would not have any treasure. There's empty rooms. Don't forget your empty rooms. What I would do is go through, if it's a smaller dungeon, say 12, 12 rooms or 15 rooms, even better, I would make two thir- uh, maybe a third of them full without... I mean, with with a monster or a trap or something like that. Two-thirds of it would be empty. I'm not saying there's no treasure in there, but they'd be empty. Say there's a a room with just a chest. There's your treasure. Those can be trick traps and puzzles too. But you can see where I'm going with this. If you're trying to do a down-and-dirty dungeon, down-and-dirty dungeon, D&D, and you want to just, you know, run them through, you know, that's going to be part of the story. You know, make your standard five-room dungeon or a 12-room dungeon or whatever, or throw some D4s onto a piece of graph paper and see where they fall, and there's the rooms. That's what I do. Uh, then, then this is an easy way to do it. You theme, monsters, trick traps, and puzzles, and treasure. And that should get you through. And, you know, as far as story and theme, you know, this kind of thing, you know, these are all the things to think about. I'm just giving you a little little heads up there. Anyway... I gotta go start my day. So, if you guys want to, if you guys want to talk about this to me or anything else, oldmangrognard@gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month. You too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Allen, and Michael. Thank you guys. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's the Young Y U N G Young Grognard podcast. Mark C. Walring's The Yawning Owlbear Podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.